0: Do you guys remember the Dare song? D, I won't do drugs. A, won't have an attitude. R, I I will respect myself. E, I will educate me now. Why were you always taught through songs?
1: I never never had that either.
0: No. I never (laughs)
1: even had Dare.
0: and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what's today's topic?
1: Today, we're talking about the OxyContin epidemic, also known as the opioid crisis.
0: We like to keep things light and fun around here. (laughs) Um, But for those who don't know, OxyContin, or Oxy, is an opioid pain reliever whose misuse and deceptive advertising led to a huge national epidemic in the United States. According to the CDC, more than 232,000 people have died from overdoses involving prescription opioids. In fact, every single day, 128 people in the United States die from an opioid overdose which is truly tragic. So how did we get to this point?
2: So the OxyContin saga begins with three brothers, Raymond, Arthur, and Mortimer Sackler, who are growing up during the early 1900s. And around this time, there were really big breakthroughs in medicine, notably the creation of antibiotics like penicillin which was
1: discovered in 1928. Um, And in 1928, Jupiter was conjunct Uranus at the Aries point. So this conjunction relates to innovations and discoveries, and the Aries point relates to the collective and society and situations that will impact everyone because it's the first sign of the Zodiac or the first degree of the Zodiac. So it's just restarting new cycles. Jupiter and Aries uh, is also square Pluto and Cancer. And so the Jupiter-Pluto aspects relate to finance and like large sums of wealth being moved around plutocrats power struggles turning points for society the square aspect has to do with tension that leads to action and pluto and cancer relates to power struggles in terms of like security or like the need to control individual security and like the like emotions relating to security on an individual and societal level
0: so basically around this time we're seeing transits that are going to relate to innovations that will change society but also bring in a ton of money and this checks out because penicillin truly changed medicine and really allowed big pharma to just take off in a big way.
2: And the Sackler brothers really got interested in all of this, so much so that they all became psychiatrists. And we're going to focus on two of them here because they play a very big role for different reasons. Um, One of them, Arthur, starts working at a medical advertising agency, and he is now seen as a super big deal because he revolutionized the way pharmaceutical companies sold and marketed their drugs.
0: And the way he did this was through direct sales to doctors. He would advertise his medication in journals and magazines that doctors specifically would read. And that eventually evolved into a now very scrutinized tactic of salespeople going directly to doctors to teach them about new meds on the market, which in the case of Oxycontin, ended up with salespeople bribing doctors with things like free trips to push their product. So let's hear a little bit about Arthur's chart.
1: Okay, so although no chart could really fully encapsulate how dirty that is <laughs> Sackler was born on August 22nd 1913 in Brooklyn New York and so his son is in Leo and his moon is in either Aries or Taurus it changed signs that day so I cannot be sure where his moon is but we have a son in Leo and so the son in Leo uh is someone who's aware of the impression they make on others and then they can perform to play up those mo- their most favorable characteristics. Further underscoring this ability um, is the aspect that he has Saturn conjunct Mars and Gemini, which indicates that he's good at chatting and wields his power in an exacting calculated manner. Um, plus, he has Venus conjunct Neptune and Cancer, which could mean that he wants to take care of people and to be taken care of. Venus is money and Neptune is obscurity and delusion. So it could also mean it's easier for him to rationalize how he uh, gets his money. And then he has Pluto and Cancer, which is like, it's kind of Munchauseny,
0: to be honest. <laughs> So yeah, it seems like Arthur has placements that make him charismatic, likable, really good at communication. That's seen in his Gemini placement, which just like loves to blab and can blab about all the things. So he's going to be really good at sales because he just knows how to talk to people and convince them to buy whatever he's hawking. And his placements also indicate that he wants to help people, but he also like wants to make money off of them. And spoiler, he did end up owning a big pharma company. And that's basically the business model for all of this.
2: Totally. That to me is like that Pluto and Cancer, which I feel like every time it comes up, Dana mentions Munchausen. But, you know, it is that fact where like, you want to like help people, but also make them sick. So you help them from being sick. Um, But, which is to me, big pharma. But now we're going to shift gears to one of the other Sacklers, little Raymond. So Raymond plays a huge part in the whole Oxycontin crisis later. And he's kind of seen, honestly, as the villain in all of this. So... I would love to know what are his big three.
1: Okay, so Raymond, our scapegoat, was born on <laughs> February 16th, 1920 in Brooklyn. And he has an Aquarius sun and a Capricorn moon. So Aquarius suns are fun, rebellious, intelligent, and have like a deluded sense of self, which helps them blend in with the collective. They don't see themselves as like an individual any more than, than someone else. And Capricorn moons are practical and have an incredible emotional regulation skills. Which means they range from calm to stoic to sociopathic, or at least seeming that way. And he also has Jupiter conjunct Neptune in Leo, which is either self-aggrandizement or like a shit ton of gold because Leo is gold.
0: We love a good uh, aggrandizement, you know? But uh, Raymond has placements that will make him very detached, have an inflated sense of self. And be all about stacking those dollar bills.
2: This definitely comes into play later. So the brothers see a huge money opportunity in pharmaceuticals, which connects back to Raymond's Jupiter conjunct Neptune and Leo placement because money. And they buy Purdue Pharma and they start selling pure morphine. And morphine to us, as we know, sounds extreme, but it was a really common way back in the day to cure pain. Probably because, you know, it's the 1950s and everybody was like, you have a headache. Try some cocaine. Like, it's like all those like weird ads we see. Like, do you like meth? Like, not really. It wasn't developed. But like, you know, like everyone used drugs casually then um, for medicinal purposes. But everybody in the 50s was like all about those drugs. And this is like when Purdue Pharma like came to be. So what's going on in Purdue Pharma's chart
1: around their founding date? So I'm, I'm comparing uh, the founding date in 1952 as well as 1892 when Purdue was like originally founded by the original founder. And so in 1892 was the Neptune-Pluto conjunction in Gemini. This is major. It only occurs every 492 years. So most people will never see it. But since it's so Those rare.
2: People, like literally everyone.
1: <laughs> literally everyone will basically never see it but the people who do see it will be at least around for a huge turning point um, that will impact the next 492 years. It's associated with being a trigger in like major societal changes. And it's especially significant because it's like this conjunction in Gemini was conjunct America's Uranus, which is the planet of surprises that you can never see coming. And so in America's seventh house, um, well, this conjunction was in America's seventh house, which relates to both allies and open enemies. And again, it's conjunct Uranus, which relates to uh, revolutions and major surprises, just shit you can never predict. Okay, so in 1892, this is America's Saturn return. And then fast forward to 1952, when the Sackler brothers bought Purdue Pharma. Uh, It's also during America's um, Saturn return. So Saturn returns are relevant for nations, just like they are for individuals. They coincide with periods of maturation and growth, like related to hard earned lessons. They're also like reckoning for any karmic buildup, but Especially in the case of a nation, like these are going to incur over time. So it's not like you get two in your lifetime. It's like, you know, it's a significant point on the timeline of the timeline of the nation as a whole. So the USA is Libra on the 11th House, um, and in mundane astrology, the 11th relates to Congress legislation and the welfare state of the nation. However, Neptune was also transiting Libra from 1942 through 1955, and Neptune is a planetary equivalent of beer goggles and obscures whatever it touches for better or worse. So Congress is not operating on all cylinders during this time, or at least not clearly.
2: Yeah. So we obviously have like a ton of placements going on right now, but all of them are basically contributing to the fact that Purdue pharma was going to change society in some way and disrupt it in ways we would never see coming because Uranus and Uranus to me is like, you never understand it. But then when you see it, you're like, Oh yeah, obviously like there's a small goat on a tricycle. Like obviously that was Uranus, but you're like, Oh, we were expecting it to be war. (laughs) Like that's the result. So it's literally out of the blue. And we also have another Neptune transit that's going to make it really hard to see Purdue Pharma for what it truly is.
0: Right. And the thing to note here as we get deeper into pharmaceutical land is the concept of pain. Pain has always been a problem for the medical community because it's something that can't physically be measured. It's very subjective. So doctors really don't have a choice but to take people's word for it.
2: And because of that, pain treatment in the U.S. since its history began has been like a really wild ride. After World War II, injured soldiers coming home from war were just straight up given morphine. Then somebody was like, you know, whoa, 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 we can't just be injecting everyone with morphine. Like we have to like chill the fuck out, make specific requirements. So like if you really need morphine, you could get it. But the issue with that is like people realized later on that you couldn't just kind of fit everyone into this box of requirements. And that's kind of like where untreated pain comes in, especially untreated chronic pain. And that is a persistent pain that lasts for months. And that pain didn't meet any of these previous requirements that, you know, the country, the head up people had established. So the industry was just like, oh shit, like something has to change. But we're also at the same time, like not really sure what, but it's not adding up.
0: Right. And this is where big pharma like really sees an opportunity because chronic pain used to be managed by behavioral therapy and hypnosis. But around this time, insurance companies started to limit the coverage for different types of behavioral pain therapy. So there was a shift to giving people pills since that was really like the only option covered by insurance. So What was going on around this time that would signal like a very significant shift in more like holistic to more medicinal types of treatment?
1: Okay, well, there's a lot going on. And so we'll start with 1980, 1988, which let's say this was like a learning theme because Saturn and Uranus are conjunct in Sagittarius. And it's this is about learning something new. It's uh, like excited about new possibilities, changes in like foundational beliefs. Like it's not just learning some quick facts. It's like learning things that. Uh, amend the like beliefs. So this is happening in like America's first house, which relates to the attitudes, behavior and disposition of the nation and like how society handles beliefs about pain. And Neptune and Saturn and Uranus were all in Capricorn by the 90s or actually by 1989. And this is extremely potent. Uranus and Neptune are the second rarest conjunction after Neptune and Pluto. And this is like a lot of illusions, suspicions and reverence for the government, which is contradictory, but it was all going on. Um, it's also like a revolution of thought. And so it's just a hot mess that all of this energy is in America's second house, which relates to banks and the welfare of the nation, as well as national security. And it really kind of gives color to like why the 90s kind of seemed like decadent, but also like messy as hell.
0: That's such a great way to describe the 90s. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were placements happening during this time that would make the medical industry change their perspective on pain, but then start prescribing more pills because pills made people money.
2: Yes, and that's where we go back to the Sackler brothers, who'd love to make money off pills. So a few years go by, and the whole morphine thing that they've been doing such selling at Purdue Pharma, actually, I don't know if they've been doing it, but they're like fucking selling it. Um, They're doing a really good job at it. But now they want to start selling this thing called Oxycontin. Which I don't know about any of you guys, but literally my whole life I thought it was oxycotton, like cotton, but really it's like I know cotton, which is um, really related- a little
1: bootsy song I think that I remember from high school, which allowed me to know the true for
2: <laughs> So yes, it's like oxycontin, not oxycotton, but I'm probably still gonna call it oxycotton. Um, so it is a prescription pain reliever. Its active ingredient is oxycodone, which is a derivative of opium. So you know it's strong as hell. And oxycontin is this long lasting, super strong pain reliever. The content in the name actually stands for continuous. So
0: oh. it's yeah. It all comes together. And it definitely was continuous. Um, normal pain relievers at this time lasted for about four hours. But this one lasted for 12 hours, which is really insane.
2: Yeah, like
0: three times
2: longer than a normal one. So Purdue Pharma goes to the FDA with this pill and they're like, hi, here's our new pill. Check it out. And the FDA looks at it and is like, seems legit. So they approve it as a way to treat pain that was so severe it would require daily around-the-clock treatment, aka chronic pain.
0: And chronic pain is classified as pain that has consistently lasted for at least three months. And it's widely thought that anywhere from 30 to 60 million Americans suffer from chronic pain. So it's definitely like a real thing. And a lot of people really suffer from this. But what was happening in the skies around the time FDA approved Oxy? Um, This was in
1: 1995. And we have two major transits that we can discuss. One is Pluto conjunct Jupiter in Sagittarius um, in America's first house. And as previously stated, Jupiter and Pluto uh, interacting with each other, or Jupiter-Pluto aspects indicate uh, huge sums of money, moving around huge sums of money, a turning point in society, and also uh, epidemics. Damn. Yeah. Neptune and Uranus still in Capricorn. Uh, We're still in Capricorn through March 95. And this indicates shocks and surprises at the structural level. Institutions are simultaneously being shunned by Uranus. And also held with like utmost reverence by Neptune, both making it possible for institutions to get away with more and or more likely for them to take risks that kind of like at whatever cost or being unaware of costs, like they're just blind to certain costs. And then additionally, we have the North Node in Scorpio transiting America's 12th house, uh, which relates to prisons, hospitals and anything related to like the down and out members of society, as well as situations, individuals and institutions that operate outside the law. And the South Node in Taurus is transiting America's Sixth House of Public Health. Um, And so the North Node indicates where action will be favored. And the South Node indicates like the expense or cost of that action. So it's kind of like the directions of society because the nodes are eclipse points.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. So we have a transit that indicates this medication could eventually bring about an epidemic, generate tons of money, and be a turning point for us in society. So check, check, check. And transits going through America's 12th house are indicating shady happenings and hospitals, while another transit going through America's 6th house represents the health of the nation. Once again,
2: astrology just like coming in hard slash matching up. Um, So, you know, this approval was definitely a turning point. Initially, when the FDA approves OxyContin, it's seen as this miracle drug because it allowed all these people with chronic pain who normally had to take like a shit ton of pills, the ability to live a normal life pain free and only take one single pill. And they also thought at the same time that because it's so long lasting, it would potentially be less addictive.
0: The thinking there was that since this drug would be absorbed slowly, people that wanted to use it to get high, wouldn't like it because there wasn't an immediate rush.
1: I mean, heroin users are used to cooking their drug in a spoon. I think that they might figure out some like ways to curtail the process.
0: Purdue Pharma
2: took this claim that it would be less addictive and they really like ran for the fucking hills with it for the next six years. They armed their medical salespeople with brochures, claiming that this pain reliever was not as likely to cause addiction, which, like, shady.
0: And they used that direct-to-doctor sales technique that we talked about earlier. But this time, it wasn't only advertising and magazines. Now they had salespeople going directly to the doctors and telling them all about this marvelous pain-relieving pill. And the doctors started prescribing it. But little did they know that Purdue Pharma never actually held any clinical trials to prove that oxy was less likely to be addictive or abused so not only was this false marketing but like what is the fda's job i Do literally not don't know that?
2: like i don't like, understand, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> so insane don't trust anything that's fda approved except for the coronavirus <laughs> vaccine we have no choice
1: except for everything that we have to take because where else are we going to get it yeah,
2: exactly. it would have been a weird turn, like, then suddenly we're like, we're actually like uh-huh. anti, yeah. um, coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to be clear,
0: we are not anti-vaxxers. We're <laughs> pro. Yes. <laughs> Pro-vaxxers
2: here. But at the time, most doctors thought it was a safer alternative. So OxyContin sales skyrocket, and it becomes the main source of revenue for our shitty friends at Purdue Pharma. But after a while, it became obvious to everyone that these pills were, in fact, addictive as fuck.
0: Right. And this was basically heroin in pill form. I don't know why they thought people wouldn't become anything other than extremely, extremely addicted. There were reports of people doing anything they could to get their hands on the drug, which sold for up to $80 Eighty dollars per pill on the street, which is wild. Is like crazy, people would do things like break into stores, steal items to pawn for money, steal from family members, shoplift. Like they did whatever it took to get one of these pills.
2: So if you took the pill because you actually had chronic pain, you wouldn't feel a high because you know it's like working and doing its job. But if you took the pill to you know get a little fucked up, you'd experience an intense euphoria. And similar to heroin, the first time you took Oxy was always going to be the best time. Then after that, you're always trying to like, you know, chase that dragon, as people say. So you want to get that feeling again. So you, people just kept like trying to like up the dosage to try and get it.
0: And another problem besides the whole extreme addiction um, is the withdrawal symptoms. And Oxycontin is not a drug you can suddenly just stop taking because it will make you be very, very sick. So in order to stop taking it, you have to be solely weaned off it by your doctor with smaller and smaller doses. And that's not really possible when you're getting your pills from a dealer.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. No. Which that to me was one of the most interesting things about this. Like I didn't I guess I didn't realize like how like that makes you realize like how strong it actually is. Like the fact that like you have to like then kind of like be weaned off like you're I don't know. It's like crazy. Um, So because of that, like, you know, people stayed addictive and they kept needing more pills to keep their high. And that's when like the overdoses started rolling in.
0: Deaths involving opioid prescriptions were more than four times higher in 2008 than in 1999. So even though the knowledge about the dangers kept increasing, it was just too late to stop it, which shows you like how addictive this actually was.
2: And once again, this is that like Pluto conjunct Jupiter transit for epidemics that Dana talked about earlier. We're experiencing it now with like the whole COVID situation. So the problem with oxycotton being this epidemic was eventually brought into the public eye by an article that talked about a DEA raid in Kentucky called Operation OxyFest, which honestly sounds like it would be like a metal concert in like the early 1990s, and I'm for it. But it wasn't like a weird Slipknot concert. It was the biggest drug abuse raid in the state's history. And this article kicked off a media frenzy about the drug. So what was going on at this time?
1: So at this time, Pluto was conjunct America's uh, rising in Sagittarius. And this is like major changes taking place. Pluto was sudden, secret, and potentially violent. And when it crosses the ascendant, it's making an irreversible change to someone or something's personality or like just the attitude and disposition of the whole nation. It's just like, we can't go back. We can't pretend this is like... A secret anymore. It's out in the open.
0: Right. Pluto is sort of like dredging up that Oxycontin's little secret that's just been lingering below the surface. And this supposed miracle drug is actually incredibly addictive. Surprise, surprise. And Pluto is exposing the medication's dangers for everyone to see.
2: So a few years go by and the New Yorker publishes a huge story on the Sackler family, specifically Raymond, and basically is like, P.S. everyone, like, fuck these guys. They're extreme advertising to doctors and lack of clinical studies is the reason why we're like in this mess and people are like breaking into cars for like change to find, you know, money for Oxy. So they're just like, PS's family sucks. It's their fault. Blame it on them.
0: Right. And Arthur, the advertising brother, died before Purdue Pharma started selling Oxy, but the techniques he created to market medications were used by his family, you know, to sell oxy. So what was going on the day that the New Yorker article um, that was ripping the Sacklers to shreds hit newsstands?
1: Okay. So this was October 30th, 2017. And at this time, Saturn was in Sagittarius transiting America's first house, uh, which is like a reckoning of karmic debt and just like time for America and society to face actions in a more serious manner. Time for the nation to like approach these in a way that they hadn't yet
0: time to face the nation (laughs) time time to face the nation and Purdue Pharma like you know
2: they got spanked around this time like it makes sense like they got called out for just like being assholes and then later after this New Yorker article even more information comes out that the Sacklers knew their products were addictive and they actually pushed doctors to prescribe even stronger doses
0: they are not good they're not good Stay away from my block. <laughs> Allegedly, there was even this code name that the Sacklers had called Region Zero, and it was basically a list of doctors who would overprescribe oxy, so they could, and they knew they they could reach out to them first. And so, it's also worth noting that Purdue Pharma is a hundred percent privately owned by the families of two of the Sackler brothers. So, you know, they just like didn't have anyone to sort of report to, or they didn't have anyone to oversee them.
2: Around this time when all this information is coming out, Purdue Pharma starts getting sued by literally everyone, um, especially for things like deceptive marketing. And, you know, they go to court, all this stuff happens. They eventually plead guilty to three charges, um, you know, and one of them was like, you know, we're guilty that we didn't um, effectively have a program that prevented our pills from like going to the black market. Even though we said we did, we didn't. Um, They also pleaded guilty to providing misleading information to boost sales. And they said they, you know, we're going to plead guilty to paying a medical records company to send doctors information on patients that encourage them to prescribe opioids. So like, just like really some dark shit all around.
0: And as a result of these guilty pleas, they had to pay a settlement of $8.3 billion. So curious to see what's happening that they finally uh, face a little bit of retribution
1: okay so on november 24th of 2020 um this was the guilty plea chart they saturn uh is in capricorn conjunct america's pluto and saturn is karma and pluto is control so this is a time of reckoning for those who have abused power it harkens back to the capricorn chances of the early 90s during which all the legislation was initially passed and it's in america's second house uh which deals with Uh, money and national banks and national security.
0: Right. And so we have a transit between Pluto and Saturn at this time that's going to punish people for their wrongdoing. And Purdue Pharma was punished, but they're not the only ones that have had to pay for their role. Walmart was recently sued by the Justice Department because they said the company filed very sus prescriptions and that they made it purposefully difficult for pharmacists to follow the rules. Um, because Walmart pressured them to fill a high number of prescriptions as fast as possible for profits.
2: So um, as of late, Purdue Pharma has filed for bankruptcy, and a lot of people are assuming it's so they could get out of paying that huge billion-dollar settlement. Um, A lot of people also say that the company started sending all their money offshore once all those lawsuits started rolling in. Um, And actually, Purdue Pharma itself, after its court hearing, became a public benefit company which the Sacklers cannot be involved
0: in. A public benefit corporation means that the purpose of the company has to be for the good of the people it serves, rather than making profits, which is basically the entire opposite of what Purdue Pharma was before.
2: Yeah, the total opposite. So eventually, like, the Sacklers decide to testify in court, which honestly is pretty rare. Like, you normally don't see, like, in a high-profile case like this. Like, when you're the defendant, a lot of times, like, You know, when you're obviously guilty, people like don't put you on the stand, but they decided to go on and they made everyone super pissed because they said that they didn't do anything wrong, which is doesn't really line up because they pled guilty to begin with. Um, So, yeah, everyone just like thinks they're
0: assholes now. Right. And critics of the settlement point out that Purdue Pharma executives um, pleaded guilty once before to illegal marketing practices in 2007 but, you know, quickly started up those shady campaigns shortly after. So obviously, like, they don't think that consequences apply to them. And this is just another uh, slap on the wrist. And, you know, the members of the Sackler family will only end up having to pay a very small fraction of the fortune that they earned by selling Oxy over all of those years. So, you know, giving those jerks the last laugh after all.
1: It's a clear example of how Lacking nuance into responsibility really allows people to get away with a ton of shit. Besides entitlement, you know, we know you know,
2: we know you know, we know you know. <laughs>
1: but anyway, let's talk about the biggest transits that occurred during this episode, right? <laughs> so, Jupiter Pluto aspects relate to finance and large sums of wealth uh, being turned around or being shuffled around. Also, turning points for society and they're present in both the foundation of Purdue Pharma as well as the legalization of oxycontin and all the way to the indictment of Purdue. Damn. Saturn returns are relevant for nations, just like they are for individuals. They coincide with periods of maturation um, and hard learned lessons, as well as like karmic turning points. Saturn transiting America's first house has a similar effect, and it impacts the nation and culture as a whole. Um, Neptune points to what's being obscured and what where we cannot see the full big picture. And so when Neptune affects legislation, we can bet on ramifications further down the line. Nodes indicate the direction of society, um, and the north node shows what is popular and where concessions will be made, whereas the south node shows uh, what might take the hit, what will the cost of these concessions will be, or what values and ideas are being removed uh, from society. Capricorn transits indicate significant changes at the structural level for which few will benefit and all society must pay. That's, I think, sums it all up.
0: Damn. Concise. But yeah, all of society must pay. and. Speaking of jerks who continue to get away with shit, next episode we're diving into Chris Brown and Queen Rihanna. Oh my god! Excited.
1: My personal Jesus is Rihanna. So (laughs) please leave us a five star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to.
0: And if you screenshot your review and send it to us, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it.
2: Yeah, custom. Fancy. Personalized. America. (laughs) Um, But also, you need to remember slash be commanded to follow us at Allegedly Astrology on Instagram. Um, And also make sure you follow us on Reddit, also at Allegedly Astrology. And on Twitter, we're shortened, concise, at Allegedly Astro. So
0: follow us. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I am Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology.